pray God's spirit that he would give us leading uh, in this study. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, I want to ask you to turn to the gospel according to St. Luke chapter number 8. And we'll, we'll read verses 4 through 11. The gospel according to St. Luke chapter number 8, verse 4 through 11. We'll talk about the seed principle. and that's, I was doing some studying on this. And, um, uh, you know, as I was studying it, uh, it you know, began to open my minds and my understanding even more so. Because I've read this passage of Scripture, like many of you all, uh, any num- a number of years since I've been saved. Uh, but how many of you know that because you read something doesn't mean that you know it all? The Holy Spirit has a way of unpacking different stuff that you have not even seen before. And so what I've learned is to never uh, approach a passage with the idea, the mindset that, well, I know that. I've read that before. I've heard that before. Because God has a way. Can I get one witness? He has a way of showing you something out of the Scripture text that you never saw in 40 years of reading and 40 years of studying. So we're going to talk about the seed principle tonight. Let's go uh, the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter number 4, chapter number 8, I'm sorry. Verse number four, and we'll read from the King James Version of Scripture, and you will have to use your Bible tonight because we don't have screens over here, all right? So, uh, so as, we, uh, as we go through here, uh, prayerfully you can uh, keep up with this and, and as we move along here. The Bible says, in which much people were gathered together and would come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down. And the fowls of the air devoured it, and some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath... Ears to hear what? Let him hear. The text says in verse number 9, says what? And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the, par- now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Everybody say, the seed is the word of God. One more time, the seed is the word of God. Hallelujah. Now, again, as we, you see in your outline, uh, we talk about the goal of this lesson is to explain the importance of the truth that we first received the gospel message in seed form. Uh, and it's packed with all kind of potential of God's word in that seed. And the other part of this lesson is to show that the way we receive the word can set the tone for good or for bad in our spiritual lives and growth in our walk with the Lord. So uh, the seed has potential. The seed has potential. And it depends on what type of ground that seed is going into that's going to determine what kind of potential uh rolls into opportunity and and rolls into fruit being produced. How many of y'all know that that at EBC we have 
probably I'm, I'm, the last time I checked, probably around 425 members or so. And on an average Sunday, uh, the brothers that do the count, uh, we average anywhere from 250 to 275. And some when summer months or whatever, maybe down 225 or, or that. But so, let's just say for 250 people per Sunday are hearing the very same message, right? Uh, when we had the marriage gala, we had teaching on marriage. Uh, everybody comes to the marriage gala, hears the very same, what, message, right? Um, and I, I got word that one, one, one young couple that was there, and the, the husband uh, said something along the line of, well, you know, they, they didn't say anything that I ain't heard before. And it was like, I want to hear something new. Well, the question is, becomes is hearing something new, but you hadn't done what you heard the first time puts you in a position to where you ain't, you're not experiencing victory in your marriage, okay? And so, uh, so when we think about this, the same word comes forth to all of us, but it's how you receive or what kind of ground or soil that that seed is planted into that's going to determine whether or not the potential of that seed is unlocked and it produces the fruit, it produces of the things that God sent it to do. Jesus spoke out of a, out of a uh, Jesus spoke of a treasure that he called the mysteries of the kingdom. He also said this is such an unusual treasure that we shouldn't allow anything to get in the way of our discovering it for ourselves. Look back at the scripture text. And I'm, I'm going to read it to you. And I know you may not have the New Living Translation, but I'm going to read it to you from the NLT real quick. It says, a farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some fell on a footpath. Y'all know what a footpath is? How many of y'all ever played in the woods as kids growing up in the country? Y'all know about a trail? Anybody know the trail through the wood? That trail, uh, your shortcut or whatever, that trail is a beaten path where the grass has been uh, you know, pushed down and, and the ground is usually hard, and it gives you a way to cut through those woods without having to run into a tree or something. And so uh, that, the seed, he said, it scattered across the field. Some fell on the footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Then other, some fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile ground. Now, the seed fell on different types of ground. And so uh, Jesus here is, is beginning to teach here, and he's talking about, amen, the, some kingdom principles here and how it is that we as born-again believers have to, uh, learn how to receive the word of God in order for us to actually be ready uh, to, uh, to walk as kingdom saints, amen, to be able to advance kingdom principles. So when we, whenever you hear me use the word kingdom, understand this, the word kingdom means rule. Everybody say rule. It means rule. The biblical term used here refers to, uh, when it talks about rule or kingdom, it's talking about, it's dealing with the doctrine of eschatology. Can somebody tell me what the doctrine of eschatology is? What is that? When you hear it, huh? Okay, the study of end time events, okay? And as Jesus is talking about the kingdom uh, in this particular reference, he's, he's really looking uh, far into the future for the time when he will rule and reign in the millennial kingdom. How many believers know and understand that Jesus will come back to the earth again? Have y'all been taught that growing up? He will come back to the earth again, and there will be a literal kingdom where Jesus will sit on the throne and rule the earth from Jerusalem. 
okay? That's going to happen. And so when you begin to teach about that, uh, you, that's known as the doctrine of eschatology, the study of end-time events. Now, again, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus' reference to the kingdom, again, points toward that millennium kingdom, his future reign. The Bible has a lot to say about when Jesus will return and rule and reign. And again, guys, the thing that I would tell each one of us in here tonight is, is, to, is to make sure that we have a born-again experience and that we have a relationship with Christ Jesus so that we can rule and reign with, with him. You may not know everything that is to know and understand about the doctrine of eschatology, or you may not know and understand when things are going to happen and how it all is going to play out, but, but just know and, and believe that what the Bible teaches that Jesus is coming back again. And when he comes back for his church, he's going to wrap us up out of here. After the great tribulation period, then he's going to come back and establish the millennium kingdom, and we'll come and rule and reign with him, okay? So now, when we, when we look down here, go back to the parable. Let's kind of unpack it a little bit and see if we can get some, some wisdom and understanding from this thing, okay? Jesus set forth these, uh, these principles in this parable as a mystery, okay? Which, whenever you see the word mystery in the Bible, uh, it's not something that's designed to trick us as much as it is mystery in the Bible refers to something that was hidden previously, but now God uncovers it. Everything that happened in the Old Testament, a lot of that was cloaked and it was not revealed, amen, until Jesus began to speak of those things in the New Testament. So when we see mystery, it's referring to something that was previously hidden and now God is now open it up so that we can have understanding. Take, for instance, uh, when it came to Jews and Gentiles being in one body in the church, that was something that was not known or even appreciated under the old covenant. The Jews, who were the chosen people, thought that they had everything, and, and they were the only thing that the only people that God would even go to. But the mystery of the fact that the gospels for the Jew first and then the Gentile began to be revealed in the New Testament, okay? That was not something that was understood under the Old Covenant. So when we look at this, uh, Jesus often taught uh, the truths, of, uh, uh, it, the mysteries of God's kingdom. He taught it through parables. He taught it through a parable. Now, again, you all that know the word parable comes from a Greek word, a Greek term that means to place two things side by side for the purpose of comparison, all right? So what God would do, what Jesus would do when he taught, he would take a physical principle, something that you knew and understood about. He'd talk about sowing. He would talk about wine. He would talk about whatever, something that you understood, and lay it alongside a spiritual principle that you did not understand in order to bring understanding to those who were really seeking it in order to hide his wisdom for those who really wasn't seeking it. So that's why, guys, when you can come to church, we can come to church and all of us be sitting up here in Bible study, but the word that comes forth won't affect somebody's life like it maybe does yours because it depends on what type of soil the seed is landing on. You can have a husband, a wife, a child, a brother-in-law, a mother, or whoever who come to the same church, hear the same word, but there's no change. It's the soil. Everybody say, it's the soil. Say, it's the soil. You can't plant seed in concrete, baby. Because it ain't going to produce no results. Are y'all listening to me? So get back here with me. Let's, let's go down through here 
and 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 we'll we'll take a look. Now, parables would not just didn't just come on the scene in the New Testament because there were some parables in the Old Testament also. Let's look at right look at one real quick. Go to Second Samuel the twelfth chapter, Second Samuel chapter number twelve, and we'll look at verse number one. Second Samuel. Everybody still with me? Second Samuel. Chapter number twelve. And watch, watch what Nathan does with David here. Gives him a parable. Y'all with me? All right, now watch this. Can we read together? Verse number one says what? And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There are two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb which he had brought, bought and nursed up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his own bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the way, wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb, and dressed it for the man that was come to him. Now, again, here's what, make, make sure you focus in on what's happening here. He gives this parable about this poor guy who had a lamb that, that he treated like his own child. Okay? And you had this rich man who had plenty of lamb, and there was a stranger that came, came to town, came to visit, and the rich man went and took the poor man's lamb when he had plenty himself. Are y'all still tracking with me? So watch this. Again, the parable is used in the Old Testament. This, it didn't just start with Jesus in the New Testament. And the Bible says this, And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that had done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Now David has gotten indignant, He's gotten indignant when he heard this story. He said, that ain't right. That ain't fair. We need, let's, let's, let's go do something about that man. Not really realizing that the parable was talking about him. It was talking about him because David had took Uriah's wife, put Uriah at the head of the battle because he couldn't cover his sin. You know how sometimes we try to cover our stuff, cover our sin, and, we, and then when, when, when God don't allow us to cover, we go to extreme measures to cover it. We'll lie and go to the grave with that lie, trying to cover our sin. But the parable was told to reveal David's uh, uh, unfaithfulness to God and his wicked deed in taking Uriah's wife. So Nathan the prophet used a parable to illustrate what was happening in David's life. Okay, so so David was was once this thing came to light, David was was heartbroken, and we know that eventually he repented of it. Because he said, create in me what? A clean heart, O oh God, and renew within me what? A right spirit. David got it right, but then there was turmoil in his home because of the sin that he committed. Some stuff we can get forgiven of, but some stuff has residue for years upon years. Some of you, so, sometimes we have residue from the sin or the bad decision that we made 15, 20 years ago. And, and, but God has forgiven us, and we moved on, but sometimes we still got to deal with the residue of that stuff. 
Any of y'all dealing with some residue? Don't raise your hand right quick. But, but I know all of us have some stuff that we sometimes we, we're still dealing with 15, 20 years later. Even though God has forgiven, we've repented of it, but sin does have consequences. Everybody say sin, sin. has consequences. Glory to God. Now, let's get back to the text and see if we can unpack some things here. So, so in summary, a, a, a parable, guys, is, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, a story that takes something ordinary and familiar to explain a concept that's unfamiliar. God, in order to get us to understand spiritual truth, will use a parable, amen, to enlighten us. And so we're calling this lesson The Secret of the Seed, and because that's the study that I was going through, and I thought I'd share this with you all, because Jesus wanted his disciples to know that success in the growth of that seed had nothing to do with the seed itself. Sometimes we think it's the way the word was preached is the reason why we're not prospering or we're not, uh, uh, we're not being able to be successful in our, in our spiritual walk. It's not necessarily the style of the preacher. Now, granted, listen to me. I love to have, I love to listen to good preaching, amen, good uh, uh, exegetical preaching. I love to, to listen to expository preaching. How, who can tell me what expository preaching is? Anybody? Huh? Okay, all right. Expository preaching is preaching that, that's, that's birthed from Scripture. In other words, taking the scripture and explaining, amen, what the scripture says and how it applies to our life. Rather than taking a, 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 a principle and then try to fit scripture to the principle. Are you following me? Expository preaching is what we need in the world today because people don't believe in the Bible anymore. So we want to make sure that we're taking the scripture, explain the scripture, bringing in the principles from God's word, and deal with our everyday life situation rather than taking an everyday life situation and try to find a scripture to match that. Y'all follow me? So we want, to expi- we, want to, we want to expound from the word of God. So let's get back here. So as we look back at it, go back to Luke, the eighth chapter. So again, let's look at it again. Uh, what he's trying to do here is, is to get them to understand that, again, the seed had nothing to do. In other words, the growth of the seed had nothing to do with the seed itself. The success of the seed had everything to do with where it landed. Because we can see people working the word and, 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 and are experiencing uh, God's prosperity in their life. We can see people working the word and experiencing victory in their marriage, uh, experiencing victory in their peace. And then you got somebody else sitting in the same church and they tore up from the floor. What's the difference? It's the soil that the seed lands in. So we got to make sure that we check the condition of our hearts, y'all, okay? So uh, whether, whether and, 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 and I want to say this right quick, whether people admit it or not, amen, there are many people sitting in the church, and you may be one of those who are sitting in the church, amen, that are thinking in the back of your mind that the word of God doesn't work. I'm sure some of y'all have said, I've tried that before. I've heard that before. Pastor, I attempted to do that. And it didn't work for me. There are many people in the church at EPC who are thinking that the word of God doesn't work. The word is taught, but ain't nothing happened in my life. Pastor, I'm so tired of you talking about you and Mary. My marriage tore up. Everybody say, check out the soil where the seed is landing. Say it again. Say, check out. 
the condition of the soil where the seed is landing. You turn that heat off for me, Jerry. I'm, I don't got hot up here. All right. Now watch this. Watch it. So again, can we can we can we have a participatory time? How many of you ever how many of you ever been in a position where you where you said, Pastor, it just ain't working. Anybody? Pastor, it, it, it's not working. Pastor, I've been tithing, but I'm not seeing any results. Pastor, I, you, you told me to, to submit to my husband. I submitted, and he, and, and he just he took advantage of me. Pastor, you told me to love my wife like Christ loved the church and to, and, to, and, to, and to show her preference, but every time I do that, she's run over me. She take over. Pastor, what we really want to say, you don't come out and say it, but pastor, that word don't work for me. I heard guys say it. You, pastor, I hear what you're saying. This, you know, we, we talk about some things in men ministry, y'all. Y'all know that, right? We, we, we deal with some things that we don't share with the women. Is that right, brothers? Amen. We talk about some things that we don't want y'all to know about. Not that we don't want you to know about. We, we want you to see the results of what we're talking about. But see, sometimes men, men are a little bit afraid that if, they, if you know their vulnerabilities, you're going to use it against them. So, so, so we don't like, we as, as a general rule don't like to show any vulnerability because we were taught to be tough, right? We were taught that don't show no weakness. But what we understand, what we're, what we're coming to understand is that vulnerability of showing our weakness is not a sign of weakness because we all got weaknesses, right? And what, when we learn to turn those weaknesses over to Jesus and put the word of God on it, then he will strengthen us for where we're weak. What he's what? He's strong, okay? So uh, we got to get to the point where we realize that when we find ourselves saying the word don't work, it's not the word because the word is the seed. It's not the seed. It's the soil that it's landing in. So if it ain't working for you, check out what kind of heart you have, what, how you really receive in that word. Are y'all with me? Jesus wants us to know this parable so that we can understand that if nothing is different about us, it's not the problem of the seed. The issue is where the seed falls. I want to repeat that. The problem is not with the seed of the word of God. The problem is where the seed is falling. So we got to check the ground that it's landing upon. All right, so let's get, get to lesson point number one. Lesson point number one as we look at this thing right quick. We said that the seed of the gospel provides what? Everybody say complete transformation. The seed of the gospel provides complete transformation. All right? Complete transformation. Once we are born again, guys, we, we, we are new creatures in Christ. Remember what Paul says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creature. Old things have what? Passed away. Behold, all things have what? They have become new. So what does that mean? All right. We, as born-again believers, are three-part beings. Y'all heard me teach this for a number of years. We're three-part beings. We're spirit, soul, and body. Everybody say spirit, soul, and body. Say it one more time. Say spirit, soul, and body. Which part of us is born again? The spirit, man. What about our body? The body is not born again, right? What about our soul realm? Soul realm is not born again. It's our spirit man. 
The Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So if I'm three-part being and my spirit man is born again, that means my body still exists. That means my body still has some of the same tendencies that it had before I got born again. My body still has some of the same desires that it had before I got born again. My body is still attracted to some of, some of the same people. It could be. It could be still attracted to some of the same people that it was attracted to before I got born again. Right? Before I got married. Hello? Before I got into church. Before I start preaching. Before I start deaconing. Before I start doing whatever. And so the body... The flesh is still there. The Bible says, Paul said, no good thing dwelleth where? In the flesh. So all of us have a flesh and all of us have the potential to be fleshy. How do you know when you fleshy? Somebody help me. Give me selfishness. All right. You, when you're selfish, you, you're getting into the flesh, right? Anybody else? Oh, okay. A lot of cussing. Yeah. Cussing is fleshy, right? Okay, you go to any lengths to satisfy the flesh. I mean, all kinds of stuff, which we'll talk about. We'll pick back up on, on, on Sunday. But the Corinthian church were fleshy. I mean, not everybody in there, but, but a, a, a good portion, of, based on what Paul's letter said, uh, lets us know that the Corinthian church had some problems, and they were fleshy, Okay? Not that they weren't born again, a lot of them. Some of them were, some of them not. But a lot of them were saved, but they were fleshy. And guys, one of the worst things in the world you can have is a church full of fleshy people. Fleshy people gossip. Fleshy people are nosy. Fleshy people will not sacrifice. Fleshy people want to do their own thing. Fleshy people are fleshy. And so, as a result, when you're fleshy, you can't be godly. So we are spirit, soul, and body. So our body's not born again. Our soul realm is not born again. We have that, That's something that we have to deal with and have renewed. But it's a spirit man that's reborn, okay? So, again, we need, look at your outline, we need what transformation in all three parts of our being, our spirit, our soul, and our body. Everybody say, my spirit soul and my body need some transformation okay gotcha all right so uh so so how, how do we get to that point well look, look at the next point we got said the gospel seed restores us in all three areas of our life go with me if you will to first peter 1 and 23 first peter 1 and 23 first peter chapter number one verse number 23 so we're talking about the seed principle because, guys, here's what I'm after as your pastor. And I'm after this for you and for my own self. I don't want anybody in here to hear a word, the seed of the word of God, and allow it to fall on soil that's not receptive. Again, when you look at what's happening in the lives of the saints in this church and in other church, why is it that the word is working for Alicia but ain't working for me? God is not a respected person, Brittany. 
He, he's not prejudiced. He doesn't care what color you are. He doesn't care where you're from. He, he doesn't care if you're from New Orleans or from Shreveport. It, it makes no difference to God. Why is it, though, that people can hear the very same word, but the word does not produce the result in that person's life, but in this person's life, it does? But again, let's go back up with me. The problem ain't with the seed. Everybody says with the soil. All right, all right, watch this, watch this. First Peter chapter number one, and look with me at verse, start at verse number 22 with me right quick, okay? Verse number 22, y'all there from the KJV, let's read. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you what? Stop. Read it one more time. See that you do what? Who's talking here, guys? Peter is talking. Who's he talking to? Talk to the church. Talking to born-again believers. He says, see that you what? Love one another with a what? How? All right? So fervently is what, what form of, of, of sentence structure? It's a what? An adverb. What does an adverb do? It tells you how to do the verb. Seek the Lord how? Diligently. Love unconditionally. Love each other how? Fervently. So what's fervent love versus just regular ordinary love? What's the difference? Huh? More effort? If I'm fervent, that means I'm passionate about loving you with the God kind of love. Are you with me? I'm passionate about my love to you, so much so that, that, that we connect in our covenant relationship with Jesus Christ and with our covenant relationship with EBC. Are y'all with me? So he says here, uh, again, let's go back and look at it. He says, uh, seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. From the, from the New Living Translation, we read this says, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Now look at verse number 20. It says, love each other deeply with all your heart. Verse number 23, out loud and on purpose. Let's read it. It says what? Being, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. All right, so look what it says, being born again, not of what? So what I'm telling you, what I've been saying all along, ain't nothing wrong with the seed, okay? We were born again by what? The seed. The seed is the word. Guys, all of us in here had to have the word preached to us in some shape, form, or fashion. Without the word, there is no, there is no born again experience. The Bible even says this, and we're going to look at this on Sunday. The Bible says that God chose through the foolishness of preaching to get men saved. We're going to see on Sunday in Corinthians that the Bible says he chose that method so that no flesh could glory in his presence. Your life and my life was changed because we heard a word. We got a seed. The, the Bible says in the KJV, it says the what does it say? Was it the corruptible seed? No, it said being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, 
which liveth, and it does what? The word of God abides forever, guys. It abides forever. So as we look back at our outline right quick, uh, understand this, that the gospel seed restores us in all three areas of our life. So we are born again. When, you, when we were saved, we got, we got the seed of the word of, the, of God planted in our hearts, okay? So if, if, if our body is going to act differently, it's because the soul is being influenced by a seed that's growing. If you are a believer, it's already there. Go to James 1 and 21 with me right quick. Our bodies are going to act different when our soul is being fed by the seed of the word of God. Because, again, our flesh wants to do things that it's always done. The Bible says no good thing dwells in the flesh. So when my flesh wants to do something, if my soul teams up with it, they double team the spirit. Anybody, you know, anybody know anything about being double teamed? It's hard to beat somebody when they got somebody else jumping in with them. Y'all had a fight at school and you were whooping the person and the, the brother and sister jumped in and, and jumped on you? You couldn't whip both of them, could you? Unless you were a bad dude. How many of y'all used to watch Mid-South Wrestling? I used to be a wrestling. Yo, Gary, we used to watch wrestling. Come on, we used to go to the Melissa Auditorium and watch wrestling. And, you know, that was before we knew it was fake. Do y'all remember those people when, you know, that's fake. You get in the ring with them, see. But, but we, we would watch Mid-South Wrestling, and invariably the script went where uh, the good guy, Carl, was getting, the, getting the, the best of the bad guy, and then a bad guy's partner would come from somewhere on the other side of the auditorium and jump in the ring, and both of them would just, just go just waylaying on the good guy and just kind of beat him down. Then all of a sudden you have another guy on the good guy's side coming to the ring. You know, the Cowboy Bill Watts. Devon Eriks, they were good. Andre the Giant. And, 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 and they, would, they, would, they would go against those guys like Kamala, the Ugandan Giant. How many of y'all remember him? He would blow that green stuff in your face. and then you just... How many of y'all remember the spoiler? You remember... Huh? Buck Robley, he, he went from bad to being good, didn't he? All right? And, and, and guys, all that stuff, you know, my point is when you double teaming somebody, you have a greater chance of getting victory over them. And when our soul maps up with our flesh, then they double team the spirit man, which is the real you. So we got to make sure we know, our, we know our flesh is not born again and our soul has to be renewed so that we can keep our flesh from doing stuff that we did when we were completely fleshy. Are y'all are y'all tracking with me? All right. So what I, did I tell you I go somewhere? James one and twenty one. Let's get let me get that right quick. James one and twenty one. So the seed person. All I'm trying to show you is is as we walk through these lessons, guys, quit blaming the seed. The word of God, the incorruptible word of God, has the ability and the power to transform all of our lives, all of our relationships. It has the ability to transform our financial situation. Let me say this about finances. Because, again, at the beginning of a new year, we begin to have goals and we set goals about finances and everything. And, guys, let me tell you something. Finances are, are something that all of us ascribe to have, right? How many of y'all want some money? 
How many of y'all want more money? How many of y'all want to have enough money to be able to sow seed whenever the Holy Spirit tells you to sow seed, to bless whoever you want? Don't, don't, don't say that when you don't mean it now. Because some people want to take it and heap it upon themselves. But here's the thing I want you to understand. God desires for each one of us to have that kind of seed. But again, when you hear teaching on finances, when you hear teaching on tithing, when you hear teaching on being a good steward over your resources, my question to you is, what kind of soil is that word falling on? Now, you got to ask yourself the question, if I keep experiencing the same thing over and over again, why is that so? I told you from the beginning, it ain't the seed, because the seed is what? Incorruptible. It's what kind of soil it's falling on. And we don't like to sometimes admit that the soil that it's falling on is not very good. Or we allow, it, it, we allow stuff to harden us. We, we allow stuff to come in and swoop the seed up, right, based on the parable he says. We allow all kinds of things to come in. So you got to ask the question, if, if, if Melinda is getting the seed of that word and practicing it and putting it into action and she's seeing results, if, maybe at first she had $100 left over at the month, but now she's got 900 left over to carry forward to the next month. Maybe now she's got 1200 left over to carry forward to the next month, but you're still at negative 500 Everybody say it ain't the seed. Say it's the soul. And you got, and you got, it's, it, and guys, sometimes we will even spiritualize our, our dead soul. We'll spiritualize what we're doing when we ignore the seed of the word of God. And God's word is true. I promise you, listen, I'm, I'm not, I've, I've experienced it for myself. I'm not telling you something that, that I read and just read in the book. I'm telling you something I've experienced myself. God is faithful when we are faithful to the seed of his word. I got somebody here who, who, who can be a witness, witness, witness with me, can't you? That God's word is true. And if you will allow it to fall in the right place, it'll produce the results. Amen? But some of us hear the word, but we won't do it. Where are we at, James 1? 1 and 21. Let's start at verse 19 just for good measure, okay? James 1, verse number 19. We read it together out loud on purpose from the KJV. It says what? Wherefore, my beloved brethren, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the... Lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word able save your soul new living translation verse 21 says so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of the word god has planted in your hearts for it has the power to do what save your souls 22 for good measure from the nlt but don't just listen to god's word you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only doing what? You're fooling yourself. Okay? Y'all have heard that time and time. James 1 and 22. I quote it all the time. So if, if I'm hearing word but I'm not doing it, I'm fooling myself. Because we as human beings are good at fooling ourselves. 
we'll tell ourselves that we're doing better than what we really are doing. I've done that before. I've told myself I'm eating better than, than I'm really eating. I don't have a problem exercising, but my, I, I sometimes struggle, Laura, with eating right. Man, I'm going to tell you the other day, I'm going to tell myself. And sometimes I hate when Maria asks me, what did I eat? Because I can't lie to her, bro, Carl. I, mean, I, can't, I can't lie to her. And, man, I stopped by Carl Jr.'s. The other day. And got one of those burgers with that smoke taste on it, Tiffany. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't good for me, but it tasted good. And I ate that burger. And I ate those waffle seasoned fries. You hear me, Cassandra? And it was good. Everybody said the burger was good. It wasn't good for me, but it tasted good to me. So, 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 so what I'm saying is sometimes I know there's no doubt in my mind. I've, I've experienced when, when, when Maria and I were on Weight Watch, she keep threatening to put me back on it. When we were on Weight Watchers, guys, we lost weight. We paid money for them to tell us to do something that we already know how to do. Now, I'm, I'm trying to help somebody up in here, too. But I'm trying to give you a good illustration. I know what good nutrition says, and sometimes I struggle with eating right. And I ain't the only one up in here, so y'all don't, don't be looking at me like that. All right, so you, you might as well come on with me. But guess what? I can hear about good nutrition. I can go to the seminar. We had an outstanding uh, health and wellness seminar. I got motivated. But see, that's what we do with the word of God. We get motivated while we're in here and we hear it. And then we get home. And then we put that word up on the shelf. And don't have it for our eyes. And then we go back to our old way of thinking. Everybody said, ain't the seed. It's the soil. All right. So, so, so y'all walk with me because... Some of y'all hearing word about various issues, but you keep doing stuff the same way you've always done it. And you expect God to come and bless it. Everybody said it ain't going to happen. Glory to God. All right. So, again, so the seed of the gospel provides complete transformation. All right. Look at number two on your, on your, on your outline here. The word of God is necessary for the growth process. Because, again, within that seed of the word, there is potential, right? Everybody has the same potential. The seed does not discriminate. It depends on what soil it lands in. That's what Jesus is saying in this parable. It depends on what soil it lands in. Scripture is the tool that is needed to see transformation in our lives. So the question becomes, how much Scripture are we digesting and, and, and taking and putting uh, to practice in our life. Okay, scripture is the, is the tool that is needed to see the transformation. The word of God is alive just like a seed. All right? I, uh, my, my prayer is that none of us get to the point to where we dismiss the power of God's word. 
one thing that God said about his word, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word is going to do what? It's going to last forever. It's going to stand. The word of God, amen, is everlasting. So God honors his word so much so the Bible says he watches over his word to do what? To perform it. So if I am doing his word, then eventually his word is going to do what it promised because he's watching over it. I just got to make sure that I don't give up while the process is going on. Because everybody says it's a process. All right? It's a process that we go through in the, the experience that, that grows. You don't see the tree, the fruit, or the plant, but it's in the seed. Have you, you, you know what's an apple tree? You can take seed, apple seed, and plant it, and then the tree begins to, to take root and, and sprout up, and then the branches and apples come. But it started with what? A seed. In that seed was the potential for you to be able to pull apples off the tree. Can I get a witness? All right, so the seed is alive, but it hasn't been planted in the right spot yet in a lot of our lives, okay? The word has the power to fix up what is messed up in our lives. Go to Hebrews 4 and 12. Hurry, hurry, hurry. We'll be out in just a second. All right, so the first principle is the seed of the gospel provides complete transformation. So when I'm born again, I'm a new creature in Christ. That means that I have the potential to produce, amen, what the seed is capable of. If I'm born again, I'm no different than anybody else. You may say, well, but Pastor, you know, I, you don't know my family. You know, our family never really did very much or whatever. Uh, we didn't have very much and, and we haven't had very much impact. It don't matter what, your, what, what family you come from. When you have the right type of soil, the seed has the potential to take root and produce, okay? Are you with me? Hebrews 4, let's look at, somebody, somebody read that for me right quick. Hebrews 4 and verse number 12. Amen. God bless you. Let me read, for, read to you from NLT. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It, it exposes, watch this, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. What does that? The word of God. It'll expose our innermost thoughts and desires. The seed of the word has the ability to open us up to show us where we really are. Have you ever looked at the word of God and saw yourself? And saw where you're lacking? Or saw maybe where you had strength? Guys, the word has the ability to do that, to show us it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Because sometimes, again, as I said, we're not honest with ourselves. And when we're not honest with ourselves, we really can't get help because the seed of the word, depending on what type of soil it lands in, amen, it, it, it's, it's going to produce or it's not going to do very much at all. Amen? All right, so let's, let's keep moving. So on your outline, we said the seed of the scripture would do, would do its work if the soil is what? If the soil is right. But if we are satisfied, hear, hear this real carefully. Look at this one. If we are satisfied with a distorted soul, soul means your, your emotions, your, 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 your intellect, your, your, your thought processes, your your, your ways of doing things, the way you think, amen, all that encompasses your soul realm. If we are satisfied, hear me carefully, if we are satisfied 
with a distorted soul, the word can't take root in that soul. If you are satisfied with the way you are and don't want to change, I can preach to you to the moon turn bread and ain't nothing going to happen in your life. If you, if, if you are, if you are satisfied with your soul being the way, way it is and the way, if you're satisfied with thinking the way you think and don't want to think spiritually, then the word ain't going to help you. Again, the problem ain't to see is what? The soul that the word goes into. So that's one thing we got to understand. Now watch this. Growth is not instant, but it's a process. The seed is not given to us as a completed process, but for the process of what? Growth. Go to 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13 right quick. Hurry, hurry. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. I want to show you a couple of illustrations here to illustrate that point, and we're going to get you out of here. So the, the first lesson we're dealing with is the secret of the seed. And seed principle, we got to understand how seed works. Amen? First, that's long in 2 and 13. Somebody have that? Can you read it for me? Come on. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sandy. The NLT reads this way. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received this message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God. Here's what I got to get to you guys. As your pastor, how do you receive what I'm saying? How do you receive what I'm Are you saying, well, yo, that's, that's, just, that's just dull. I know him. He grew up in Benton. We graduated together. Yeah, I know him all his life. They call him little fellow. Yeah, yeah. I know Paul and Moses, his mom and daddy, like they did Jesus. You know, remember Jesus? Oh, that's just, that's that's the carpenter's son. That's Joseph Carpenter's son. Yeah, we know him. As a matter of fact, his family said he, he's out of his mind. He said we're talking this stuff. He, he's out of his mind. Let's go get him. All right. How do you receive what I say? Do you receive it as well? You know, uh, 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 I know that's the pastor, but you know he doesn't really understand how life really works. I have experience. I've been through that. You know, that stuff don't really work. You know, uh, you got you to try step one, two, and three, and then it, it'll work for you. Listen, do the word. How do you receive? The text says here, he says, therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you receive his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which, of course, it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. If you don't believe, it ain't working. I said, if you don't believe, it is not going to work in you. Are y'all listening to me? If you don't believe, it's not going to work in you. So let's illustrate that point. Okay, again, it's not the seed. Everybody say it's what? The soil. First example, human, human fertilization and growth. When a female egg is fertilized, conception occurs. Would y'all agree with that biologically? In, 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 in the health care People here, nurses, is that, is that correct? All right, is it correct when the female egg is fertilized, conception occurs? Y'all remember the other son I told y'all, the sperm of the man meets the egg of a woman, and the egg is fertilized, conception occurs. Life has happened. However, if that fertilized egg doesn't land right, what do you mean, Brother Pastor? Well, 
if it doesn't become planted properly in the womb, the life in that egg cannot flourish even though the life is present. Even though life is present, it cannot flourish because if it doesn't land right, okay? In the same way, when you receive the word of God, what you're getting is the word in seed form. Everything necessary for growth and full healthy life is in that seed. But what happens too often is that we come to church and get the seed, but because the soil of our hearts is not conducive for growth, don't nothing happen. Seed landed in the wrong type of soil, okay? The wrong type of soil. If you go back to the parable in Luke, the 8th chapter, go back there right here, we're going to close out. The farmer, the sower, the farmer, you know, Seed failed. If, if you were a farmer back in uh, Jesus' day, uh, you would have a, a sack of seed on your side. And what the farmer would do was take that seed and just scatter it. That seed fell. Some of it, you know, when they plowed the row, some of it fell in the row in the good soil, but some of it fell over on the wayside. Because if you take seed and scatter it, all of it ain't going to get right there in the trench. Are y'all listening to me? And you don't want to just pile all the seed up in one spot because that defeat the purpose of, of the sowing. So when he would sow that seed, some of it would fall and it, it, was, it would fall into areas that were not really fertile ground. And that seed didn't produce anything. All right, so the, the, as it relates to the sower and the farmer, it still goes back to the same thing. We got to make sure that the seed is falling on the right type of ground. You know, at the end of this parable, Jesus said, he that had ears to hear, let him hear. But I got on your outline, we got having ears but not hearing. I was reading uh, a, a little uh, uh, little history about that, that terminology and, and was talking about churches in Africa. And I, I thought about this. I said, maybe we all start doing this at EBC. Uh, there are some churches in Africa that, that give us a, a, a good illustration of, of, of what this hearing, having ears to hear but not hearing uh, really means, okay? Uh, in these churches... The ushers, him and brother Robert, Jerry, the ushers, listen, the ushers walk up and down the aisle with these long sticks. <laughs> Seriously. They walk up and down the aisle with these long sticks. If they see somebody over there nodding, call, they take that stick and punch them in the ribs and wake them up. They do. So, uh, brother Ruben, can you find us some long sticks? They literally, <laughs> okay, if they walk up down the aisle and like Monica talking to Brittany right there, they're jabbing the side. Because <laughs> again, go back, having ears but not hearing. You got ears, but you ain't listening to me. You got ears, but you sleep. Everybody say, it's not the seed. It's the soil. That's the first thing we got to realize. That's the secret of the seed. The secret of the seed in these seed principles is understand it's not the seed. It's the soil. It ain't the word that doesn't work. It's the soil that it's landing in. So we got to ask ourselves the question, if it's not working, what kind of soil do I have? Do I really believe what it says? Or am I pretending like I believe it? What kind of soil is the seed of God's word landing in? We'll pick back up on next week, okay, with, with the next lesson. But, again, remember, 
seed principle. The first lesson is, is what? What do we say? The secret of the seed. We got to know the secret of the seed. In other words, the problem ain't the seed. It's the type of soil that it's landing in. Okay? Amen? I'm going to leave you with this. Dars, you, you know this to be true in education. There are, there are students uh, who, who may have struggled with one teacher or another, okay? Uh, and maybe they got frustrated because they learned differently. But then when all of a sudden they got hold to a teacher who understood them and understood how they learned, and then now they begin to receive instruction differently than what they did when they had a teacher who didn't understand them. And so so they not only was the information presented a little bit differently, but their condition of how they received changed. So it's not the seed of the word, it's the condition of the soul, okay? Give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.